Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 4th. Select music for its pleasing or uplifting melody, rhythm, and harmony. A melody can do more than entertain. It can uplift. It can fill you with longing. Or alternatively, it can depress you. A rhythm can calm, invigorate, or disturb the nervous system. Harmony can evoke deep, calm feelings of peace, love, and happiness or incite to anger, haunt with loneliness, torment with anxiety. Choose your music wisely, for its influence on you can be deep. A woman once tried to commit suicide. She had a near-death experience in which she found herself in a hellish region, where the vibrations, as she reported later, were very similar to the beat of heavy rock and roll music. Later, she devoted her life to warning people against the insidious influence of such self-lowering music. Well, that is one that a lot of people, it's a very hard thing for people to really get their minds around. This is one of those recommendations in this book that really pushes us far beyond the limits of where most people are living. I'm going to start with the story he tells at the end. That's a true story. That's not an apocryphal story. Um, there, there, was, there was this woman, she was a nurse, I believe, of all things, and for reasons she became very depressed, and there was a, a little more to it. The more depressed she became, the more she began to listen to a certain genre of popular music. Swami calls it heavy rock and roll. I believe at the time it was called heavy metal. I've been, uh, I've been dropped out of mainstream society since... 1960. Well, let's see, I moved to an, I didn't move to Ananda village until 1971, but about 1967-68, I just left mainstream society behind and never went back. So every trend, every popular thing, it's actually sort of funny when I'm with my peers, I just don't know anything. I don't know television shows, I don't know radios, commercials, I don't know popular music, but the genre of what I think was called heavy metal, it was it was very nihilistic. It was very aggressive. It was very harsh. And a lot of the lyrics were violent. In any case, this woman, as she began to sink, sink into a deeper and deeper state of depression and, and life rejection, she began to listen more and more to music that matched her mood. And that, that music was this raucous, loud, harsh Swamiji said something very interesting. He, he was a musician. He wrote some 400 pieces of music, um, all of it of a very different vibration than what most modern music is, all of it to my ear, ear quite beautiful, all of it inward, it, all of it bringing the attention inward and bringing your consciousness upward toward spiritual understanding. It's very, the music has a great deal of feeling but it doesn't play on your emotions, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, now let me think where I was going with this. 
oh, but where, where this woman, the more she said, oh yes, and so Swami talked about, and he, he refers to it here, that your aspiration is expressed in the melody. And one of the reasons that, that popular music has shifted to being so unmelodic, all the way up into rap, which doesn't even pretend to have a melody, it just has a rhythm, is because there's no aspiration. We, we, we're not going anywhere. We've lost faith in God. We've, we've lost the idea that life has a purpose. Um, we're thinking merely about our own experience. We've become very focused on the individual and, and, and his or her particular wants. And, and we, we've lost our direction in a, in a massive sense. And so it's hard for people to write beautiful melodies because beautiful melodies inspire and direct. The characteristic of Swami Kriyananda's music is that it has beautiful melodies because he has a very clear sense of aspiration in where life is leading. Well, this woman, and she talked about all this later because she wrote a book about her experiences, the more she felt depressed and life-rejecting, the more she was drawn deeply into music that supported that. There was no beautiful melody. The rhythms were very harsh. The, the, the words and the lyrics were harsh. They were life-rejecting or self-aggrandizing or get-what-you-can energy. I understand that these are true feelings that have to be expressed, that people cannot just suppress these feelings. But collectively, as a society, we are continually, to use Swami's phrase, we keep self-lowering. But the woman saw the connection in retrospect between her ever-sinking consciousness, then she would listen to music that affirmed that sinking consciousness, then her consciousness would sink more, then she would be more drawn to that self-lowering music, on and on, until finally she put on that kind of music and tried to kill herself. And she killed herself to that music. And then she went into a, a, a world on the other side, and she went to a place where suicides go. And because I'm sure many of the people I'm talking to here may have even tried to commit suicide, or you know someone who has, suicide is a mistake. That's all. It's not eternal damnation. It's just a mistake. The problem with suicide is it's very simple. It doesn't work. A person is feeling a great deal of pain, and they imagine that if they kill the body, then the, con the pain in the consciousness will cease. The problem is that the consciousness is completely independent of the body and the brain. The brain is the vehicle through which the consciousness expresses, but when you kill the brain, which is just part of the physical body, the consciousness continues. And so whatever consciousness you have, you still have. Whoever you are, you still are. So it simply doesn't work. It's an error. It's the same as drinking or drugs. If we think that by... Uh, um, dulling, eliminating, even eradicating our consciousness, that we will feel better. But we don't, because the way we are made is that we have to rise, we have to elevate ourselves above these misunderstandings, which is all they are. We have to see the truth behind these misunderstandings, which is that we are part of a greater reality, and that greater reality is divine, that greater reality is love, that greater reality is bliss. But we have to raise our energy to meet it, not sink down into it. So this poor woman finds herself in this <clears throat> nether reason, region, and she realizes there, with her consciousness, that these are all suicides. 
And their, their characteristic energy is that they're all looking down. And they're all just deeply depressed, just exactly as she was. Her, her, her vision had narrowed and narrowed and narrowed until she could see nothing in life except darkness. And her eyes literally are down because spiritual consciousness is at the spiritual eye. Whenever we feel elevated, we lift our eyes. And whenever we feel down, we look down. So this was the, the extreme exaggeration. And she said from their costumes, from what they were wearing, that she could see that people were dressed in, in clothes that were from centuries and centuries ago. And it's not like they actually had clothes on, but their concept of themselves had frozen at the point at which they had killed their body, and they did not know where they were. And they didn't know what to do because they were still just staring like that. And she was there with them and was horrified at what had happened. And as, as I understand it, what happened, what happened to her next, she was not a religious person, but the word Jesus came into her mind. And with the word Jesus came some understanding of what that word represented. And when she said Jesus, it caused her to raise her eyes. And she realized that right above all of these sad people looking down, were all these angelic beings trying to wake them up. And as soon as she looked up, she began to rise out of that dark place and eventually came all the way back into her body and um, was, was rescued from her near-death experience. That, and so I say this partly because those of you who have people that you love who have killed themselves, they may not be trapped in that place anymore at all, because if even the slightest upward-moving thought comes to them, the angels will pull them out of it. And if you want to pray for them, in case you're uncertain, pray simply, lift your eyes. Lift, I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And that's an esoteric reference. I lift up mine eyes. I raise my consciousness from downward depressed to upward in hope. And then just as Swami writes her, that woman devoted her life, I presume still, I don't know, to talking to people that this is not neutral. Music is not neutral. And the idea that we can sort of wallow in these dark feelings and just enjoy sort of this violent collapse into this helpless, nihilistic attitude, meaningless attitude toward things that we can just do that with impunity is a grave, grave, grave mistake. And the way Swamiji puts it, which is very simple, he says music reflects consciousness naturally. Uh, an artist or a musician will choose to play that music which expresses their emotional or inner life. A composer will compose what he understands. So music expresses consciousness. Um, we start playing or listening to who we are at this moment. But the other reality is that music also creates consciousness. So just as this woman was saying, the more depressed she felt, the more she listened to music that reinforced her depression, the more it reinforced her depression, the more depressed she felt. And so at a certain point, you have to figure out, this is not helping me. My, I'm influenced by my environment. When a person decides to, to get sober, for example, to stop doing drugs, whatever it might be, 
they, they have to move out of the environment in which these things are prevalent. You don't, if you're trying to be sober, you don't go to the bar anymore. When you go to the bar pretending, I can handle it, you're not ready to be sober. You have to separate yourself from those influences which make this um, deleterious um, behavior seem normal. And so this kind of downward pulling, I love the phrase self-lowering music, makes it seem normal to feel that way. And if you have begun to realize that this is not, at the very least, not helpful, then you don't want to keep being in that atmosphere which is going to keep reinforcing it. Just like if you're, not, if you're trying not to drink, you don't want to be around where everybody's got an open beer in their hand. It's just, well, I, I'll use the phrase suicidal. You just don't want to do it. But all of us are always, every minute of the day, we're always fighting this battle between suffering and happiness. This was Master's fundamental theory when he came to America to teach the entire ancient lineage of India in a country where it was barely heard of. It wasn't unheard of, but it was little known. He reduced it to the simple science of religion. Every sentient being seeks happiness. Every sentient being seeks to escape suffering. And the entire evolution of every sentient being, from delusion to becoming a God-realized master, is to understand from experience, on an ever more subtle level, what actually causes suffering and what actually causes happiness. And at first, we just don't know. We just, we go through this nihilistic, self-lowering, sensuality, anger, violence, whatever it might be. We just keep affirming these things and we keep experiencing them. We drink, we take drugs, we steal from people, we dominate them, we, you know, develop extreme sexual appetites, which we act out. Master said, chillingly, that every experience, every thing that you're no longer drawn to do, every, every thing that is a, a, a false, that gives a false promise of happiness, and everything we do, we do because on some level we think it's going to help us to escape suffering and to find happiness. If you analyze your own life, every single decision you make, you think it's going to ease suffering and give you happiness. Even if A large part of you knows it's not going to. If you do it, it's because you haven't yet figured it out. But when you are no longer drawn to do it, it's because you have experienced that it's a false trail. And this is the reformed drug addict, the reformed alcoholic, who really has finished with it, the formed chocolate-aholic, you know, the the former uh, pornography addict, whatever it might be, the the serial adulterer, you know, a philanderer, whatever it might be, when you stop, it's because you know that this really causes more suffering than it causes happiness. And so we just don't do it anymore. And there's always a, a struggle point where we begin to know and then we have to be very conscientious in making sure that everything we do supports where we're going and nothing continues to pull us down. And music is a huge factor in that. So, Swami says, select music for its pleasing or uplifting 
melody, rhythm, and harmony. A melody can do more than entertain. It can uplift. It can fill you with longing, or alternatively, it can depress you. A rhythm can calm, invigorate, or disturb the nervous system. Harmony can evoke deep, calm feelings of peace, love, and happiness, or incite to anger, haunt with loneliness, torment with anxiety. Choose your music wisely, for its influence on you can be deep. A woman once tried to commit suicide. She had a near-death experience in which she found herself in a hellish region where the vibrations, as she reported later, were very similar to the beat of heavy rock and roll music. Later, she devoted her life to warning people against the insidious influence of such self-lowering music. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.